Hi everybody, this is Jeremy. My wife Candace and I are the pastors at the Ridge Assembly at Park Hill. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message connects with you, that inspires you, reveals God's word of truth in your life. Be encouraged and enjoy the message. Easter is hope. Because we all need hope. Hope looks good on you. Hope Hope looks good on me. Easter is victory. We are victorious through him. And even death cannot defeat him. Easter is grace. His grace is sufficient. By grace we are saved through faith. It's God's ability in me. Celebrate Jesus, the hope of mankind. The giver of grace. And the foundation of victory. Well, guys, this is it. This is Easter Sunday morning. Can you believe it? Easter Sunday 2020 at the Ridge Assembly at Park Hill. This is our first Easter service as a campus. And and let me tell you, it is a unique experience, uh, I have to say. Uh, The truth is that it didn't actually go like we planned, right? So we had uh, all these plans when we rolled out the campus. Uh, We we began meeting together at the beginning of February. Our big launch was going to be uh, this weekend. And and we had had so many things planned. We were going to do two major community outreaches uh, already. I had fully anticipated that we would be able to reach our community, uh, to, to connect with a few families, to minister to them, to serve them, and then to have them come in and partner with us, to partner with this church as we advance the kingdom. And as we continue to found, even in this building, uh, a church of edification, of comfort, and encouragement flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is according to my plan, right? Because according to my plan, this sanctuary should be full, right? Right now, I'm preaching to to just a bunch of empty chairs, and I know uh, that, that there's several people watching online. But in my mind, according to my plans, this sanctuary would have been full, we would have had a live worship band and, and we would have been ushered into God's presence and we would have really heard Him speak to us. We would be flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We would allow God to confirm His Word with signs following. According to my plans and according to the way that I saw it going in my mind, because we all have that narrative and that, 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 that story that plays in our minds, According to, to my plan, then, then I'd be wearing my Easter best and, and we, would, we would all be ready to go to Easter dinner right after this. And, and I was even going to try to talk somebody into making a, a lamb cake, a cake in the shape of a lamb. It's a coconut cake. My grandma used to make it every Easter, just on Easter, so that after Mass at St. Benedict's, uh, we would enjoy a meal together and we'd have the, the lamb cake talking about the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. But you know what? Easter is different this year. To say the least, our world is different this year. It shows that people's plans, even if they're good and pure in motive, are limited by the horizon of our predictions. Experience tells us what to expect, and so, so, so we make plans accordingly, but sometimes... We don't see everything there is to see. Even in the moments where God gives us a little prophetic insight, you know, Paul says that that even while we're looking forward prophetically, that we're looking 
is in a mirror. We're seeing dimly. We don't see all the details. But I'm comforted this morning by understanding that God's view of my reality, God's view uh, of everybody's lives and how they interconnect, God's view of history and God's view of the future is not limited by any horizon. There's nothing that separates God from seeing His people, from seeing His creation, and every detail of it, past, present, and future, it's all laid before Him, and it's all laid before Him at the same time. He sees it. He knows it. And the mess that we're in right now, the, the, the mess that humanity finds ourselves in, it, it wasn't necessarily His will. I don't believe that. I don't believe that God caused it, but I also 100% believe that it did not take God by surprise. And that through this, His will and His overall plan for humanity will be accomplished. Our plans fail, but God's never do. And the truth of the matter is that sometimes we're blessed by a surprise ending. Sometimes where our horizon stops, but God keeps on seeing. Again, there's no horizon to His sight. Sometimes beyond the horizon that we see, but inside of the sight of God, God has appointed us for grace. God has appointed us for hope. And God has appointed us for victory. To an extent that we can't even imagine in our limited view. And I'll say this morning that Easter stands as a testament to this fact. That beyond the horizon of what we see, but beyond anything that we're facing today, that Easter is a blessing. Easter is a reality. And Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, cannot be canceled. When all of what our culture has made Easter into is taken away, then we're left with the reality and the power of the empty tomb. And that... It's what we gather to celebrate today. Whether we're gathered in this room, or we're gathered at our kitchen tables, or our, or our bedrooms, or our couches, on your back deck, or your front porch, wherever you're watching today, the reason that you're watching today is that even in our weakness, God gives us grace. That even in our darkness, that God grants us hope. That even at the moment of defeat, when we think that everything is lost and we're in despair, even in that moment that God speaks over us, victory. It's the power of the resurrection and it's the message of Easter. That it is not canceled. It's not postponed. It's not even changed. The message of Easter at its core is something that transcends culture. It's something that transcends the, the now and the needs that we say that we have. The message of Easter is powerful in its grace, in its hope, and its victory. Let's go to the Scriptures. Luke chapter number 24, beginning in verse number 1. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they which was Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, and Mary Magdalene and some others. So they and certain other women with them, they came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. 
they went in and they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid to bow their faces, then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified, and in the third day rise again? It's Easter. It's the resurrection. It's the power. Mary, and they went to the tomb, and they were in despair. And they thought they had no hope, but they were greeted with a message of the resurrection that changed the history of those women, of the church, of me personally, of everybody who calls on the name of the Lord. It changed our history, it changed our destiny, and it changed our eternities. The question that they ask is significant this morning, and I wonder if we should ask this same question back to us. The question that the angels post to the Marys says, Why do you seek the living among the dead? For many of us today, guys, we're looking for hope. We're looking for hope. But the truth is that we can't find it. Because as we scroll through our news feeds, as we wake up first thing in the morning and we check the count of the number of, of infections and the number of deaths, and, and, and we, we look at these things, uh, we're consumed in the news, and I tell you what, there's no hope there. The news agencies, they get paid by the click, by the watch, by the read, they get the, so, so they are peddling fear, trying to draw people in so that they can, can make their money, and they're advertising fear, they're pushing fear, that's what they're selling, there's no hope to be found there. There's no hope there. We cannot find hope in the news for sure. We can't even find hope at this time in, in our pastimes that would normally take our mind off of our obviously broken relationships, off the, the bleak health report, over the, off the downsizing rumor. Everything is canceled. There, there, there's no sports. There's no social events. There's no school. There's no distraction. There's no reprieve. And so there's no hope to be found there. But my question, maybe this morning, that we should start with is, is simple, it's fundamental, and it's the same one that the angels posted to the Marys and says, why are you seeking the living among the dead? Why are we looking for hope where there's obviously no hope? Why are we looking for victory in places that can't give us victory? When we've relied for so long on our bank accounts or our job titles and the next big deal or our corner offices. That's how we show that we're victorious, right? That we've got all of these cool things, that we've got this position, that we've got this title. We're victorious. You know what? It, even in this season that should be leading up to graduation, we can't even find victory in walking across the stage and the robe and the cords that some people have worked so hard to attain. And I hate that. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate it. I hate it that that opportunity has been taken away from so many students, high school, college. My son's missing a fourth grade graduation, and I look so much forward to that. But guys, if we're looking for victory 
in what we accomplish or what we have, then all of those things at this moment are coming up empty. And so the question is, why are we looking for the living among the dead? It's true that we can be victorious in those things, but we'll never be victorious by those things. We need a source of victory that's bigger than who we are. So whether it's hope, or whether it's victory, or whether it's grace, that supernatural ability in us just to get through. When we typically lean on other people and we get to borrow from somebody else's faith or somebody else's strength, we find that we're in a culture and in a situation at this moment where we can't even hug those people. They can't even tell us that it's going to be okay. And FaceTime is not the same as real FaceTime. And so where do we run? Where do we find grace? Where do we find somebody else's ability to work in us? So ladies and gentlemen, this morning, why are we seeking the living among the dead? This morning, we come to celebrate that which is living, which is enduring, which is eternal. This morning, we come to celebrate Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, and what Easter is. What Easter is at its fundamental level. Not, not something that the culture has made it into, not even anything that, that we enjoy because, because of our own habits or, or, or our own preferences. It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that anymore. What we've come to celebrate this morning are things that cannot be canceled, things that cannot be altered, things that forever are settled in heaven. Today we've come to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ who proved that He is champion of the whole universe. This morning we've come to celebrate Easter and all that it is. And Easter, fundamentally, first and foremost, is grace. Easter is grace. We can't find grace anywhere else where, where we can't find anybody else's ability to work in us anywhere else because everything else is dead and gone. Why are we seeking the living among the dead? We're faced with this fact. That it is amazing that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. And the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what offers us grace. It's God's ability in us. God's ability in us for righteousness, for peace, for hope, for eternal life. That, that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit could flow through us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those things can flow through us in this life. That we can enjoy eternal life with Jesus Christ. And it's not because of what we're doing. It's because of God's ability in us. God's righteousness in us. And that's what Easter's about. By His grace, we've been saved through faith. You know what? I love talking about the mechanics of salvation. It, it, because it's it's logical. The plan of salvation makes sense. That, that, that we couldn't pay the price for our sin, and so God did. The Bible says that, that God made Him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we can become the righteousness of God by Christ Jesus. That's grace. That's grace. And so this morning we come to celebrate Easter and the resurrection because we know that every time we are tempted, that we can overcome 
by His grace. This morning, maybe we're tempted with sin in some areas, and we've got to have His power to be able to overcome those things. You know, the, the Bible says that, that we have a great high priest and now we can run to Him and we can take on His righteousness and, and by the Holy Ghost we get to move with the mind of Christ. Maybe we're tempted this morning to quit. To give in to walking in despair because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that could make us nervous. There's a lot of opportunities for fear. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll entertain that temptation to, to walk into despair, to just quit, to give up, to walk away, to stop trying to, to advance the kingdom, to stop trying to connect with our family and repair relationships. We're tempted to stop. But when we're tempted to stop, we get to tap into the power of the resurrection and share in God's grace. And the truth of the matter is this, that because of the resurrection, we are able to overcome. We're able to overcome every temptation by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. That's a partnership for righteousness that affects the kingdom of God here on earth. We get to partner with God. And when we fail, when we mess up, when we fall short, when we allow those thoughts to entertain us that would try to hold us back and keep us captive, when we run out, when we burn out, when we take the wrong path, when we allow the curses of death to spew out of our mouth, when we find ourselves isolated and afraid, not because of a physical virus, but because of a spiritual cancer, it's at that moment that God's ability in us is available for life and peace, and that is His grace. That's the grace of an almighty God who conquered death hell in the grave who gave us his ability easter is grace it's god's ability in me for righteousness and we're not we're not walking in mercy anymore mercy is is being guilty of something but not being punished and, that, and that's where we walk while god is calling us to him we, we walk in mercy. That, that's where we walk when God is saying, don't think those thoughts. Don't do those things. Don't abandon that person. Stay here. Fight it out. Do these things. We're walking in mercy. But then after we turn to Jesus, after we give our situations to Him, we begin to walk in grace. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus now lives in me. And that that is grace, and that's what Easter and the resurrection is all about. If you're looking for ability in you, God's ability in you, don't look for the living among the dead. Look at the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. Secondly, Easter is hope. Easter is hope. These are dark days in our time. Right? The economy is a mess. People are, are concerned about even the, even the industries that seem to be going okay are affected by other industries and the supply chain is disrupted and who knows how long this is going to go on and who knows what the collateral damage will be. These are strange times. They're dark days. But I can't imagine how dark it was just after the crucifixion of Jesus. I can't imagine what the disciples felt when they saw Jesus die on the cross and that everything that they had given up was just taken away. That they walked away, some of them, from lucrative careers. They walked away from their families. They, they walked away 
from their old identities. It was very much like, like, like a marriage. You know, the Bible calls us the bride of Christ, and, and the disciples were the, were the first to, to really make that transition, to leave everything behind and follow Jesus. And then they see their Savior, the one that they hung their hope on, dead on a cross. And I can't imagine what that must have felt like. I can't imagine how hopeless that must have been. For the multitudes, I can imagine that it was also hopeless, that they were scared and wondering what had just happened. See, the disciples had given up everything, and then they saw their king, who they were always hoping would be a political leader. They saw him die. But you know what? The multitudes were affected here as well. Because they saw this man who claimed to be the Messiah hang on the cross. And as he's dying, suddenly all the earth rebels. The universe rebels at that moment. The sun stops shining. The earth quakes. The veil of the temple is ripped in two. And I can't imagine the fear that must have overcome them. Even the centurion said, surely this was the Son of God. He was cut to the heart. And I can imagine that everybody was standing there was looking around in fear, and now the one that, that obviously had some kind of power, the one who was obviously appointed to do something amazing, was dead. And Friday ends, and the body's taken down, and the Sabbath day goes, and Jesus is in the tomb. Where is the hope? Where is the hope? For all those that had assumed that Jesus was going to free Israel from Roman rule, it was all gone. For all those who had given up everything, it was all gone. For those who were looking around right now and saying, God, what are you doing? I'm scared. Where, what, what is this that's happening in the, in the earth? It was all gone. But ladies and gentlemen, hope was fulfilled on Easter morning. Because all who trusted in Jesus saw at his resurrection that his words really were true that every time that he talked about death and resurrection and people dismissed it because it didn't fit their plans suddenly they saw how the big picture came together and how jesus had to die and how he rose again and suddenly everything that jesus said became valid because of the resurrection and ladies and gentlemen, why are we looking for, for hope in dead places? Why are we looking for the living among the dead? I tell you this, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, He has validated every word in the book. Every word, every promise in the Bible was validated when Jesus arose from the dead and walked out of the tomb, when it was clear that death could not defeat Him, where nothing can hold Him back, that if that is the most difficult prophecy to fulfill, He did it. He passed the test. He's, he's been tested and can be trusted. And so when the Word of God says things like He'll never leave you or forsake you, then you can believe it because He got up from the dead. When the Word of God says that He's got a plan for us, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope in a future, you can believe it. If we can believe something as outlandish as, as destroy this temple and I'll build it again in three days, talking about His resurrection, then surely we can believe when He says that He'll never leave us, He'll never forsake us, that He's got a plan, that our names are written in His book of life. 
that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Surely we can believe him when he says that I've been young and, I, and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken their seed begging bread. Surely we can believe him. Surely we can trust him. Surely we believe that Psalm 41 says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth is removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and, and, and with its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in our midst and she shall not be moved. Is God in your midst today? The Word of God says that He is. Do you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Then you will not be moved. Every promise in the book was validated on Easter. You can trust Him. And that trust leads to hope. And your hope is found in heaven. This Easter, ladies and gentlemen, we have to spread the Word of God and the hope. This church... The church, it, it universally now has to start speaking the words of life. We have to first understand it in ourselves, understand that Easter validates every promise in the book, and then from those promises and mixed with the power, the prophetic power of the Holy Spirit, we've got to begin speaking the Word of God with life and, and pushing hope. Pushing hope to people that were hopeless even just a few minutes before you walked in and they, they saw your shining face and, and you begin radiating the kingdom of God and people ask the question. The Bible says always be ready for those who ask you what's the source of your hope. The source of our hope is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the validation of every promise in the book. It's all written to us. It's all written for this moment. It's all written for your life. It's all written for the plan that God has for you. Easter is hope. And last but not least, Easter is victory. Easter is victory. You want to know where to find victory today? You know what? It's not in your contact list. You want to know where to find victory today? It's not in your garage. It's not on your boat slip. It's not in your bank account. It, 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 it's nowhere to be found. True victory is nowhere to be found except in the person of Jesus Christ. And this is the victory. That even death, hell, and the grave couldn't hold him. Not even death itself could hold down our God. And he gives us that power. He gives us that authority. And that is victory. You know what? I find it interesting that the stone was rolled away. Because later on, I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this before. Seriously, take, take a moment and just kind of think about this. During the time when Jesus is walking among the disciples after his resurrection, uh, on several occasions we see him walking through walls, coming in through locked doors. The truth of the matter is, I don't fully understand the, the resurrected, glorified body. I will one day because I'll have one. But, but until that time, I just know what the Bible says. The Bible says that, that, that he ate food, but then he also walked through walls. It was kind of a strange setup. I don't understand it all. But I know that Jesus could have just walked through the stone. He didn't have to have it rolled away. But he did. The angels rolled away the stone so that everybody could see. Everybody could see the evidence of his victory. Everybody could see that death, hell, and the grave could not hold him in. 
As a matter of fact, the, the victory that Jesus won, the victory that Jesus even allows us to have, is not something to be kept in the closet or something to be quiet. Matter of fact, when Jesus won the victory over every demon and power and principality, here's what the Bible says in Colossians 2.15. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, it being the cross. He did this publicly. He publicly won the victory. So ladies and gentlemen, this morning, if you are fighting depression, if you're fighting fear, if you're fighting addiction or rebellion or any other power of hell, let me tell you that your victory is not just going to be won in a corner. That your victory is not going to be limited to you in your prayer closet. That may be where it starts. But the stone is rolled away and Jesus walks among us and there is evidence of His victory in our lives that is so, supposed to be seen not just where we are, but radiating out of us. There's evidence. There's evidence that you're free from addiction. There's evidence that you've been given eternal life. There's evidence that you're going to walk away from all forms of rebellion. There's evidence that the powers of hell itself cannot overcome a child of God because we are victorious through Him. Jesus won the victory. There, there, there's no death, no hell, no grave. The plans of the enemy, they were all spoiled. Jesus said that, that the gates of hell, that the strategies of hell will not prevail against the church. And we're sure of that. Because even the stone couldn't keep him in. The plans of the enemy to crucify Jesus were, were completely messed up. You know, the Bible says that, that Jesus kept the plan of salvation hidden. Because if the powers and the principalities of this world would have understood the plan of salvation, they would have never crucified the King of glory. But he had a plan. He had a plan to walk through death so that he could inherit life. And not just for himself, but for us also. He had a plan to take on him the stripes. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him. And by His stripes we were healed. He had a plan to take the chastisement of our peace on Him so that we can be victorious. <laughs> no demon in hell can mess with God's people because Jesus is victorious. If death couldn't keep Him and no demon can, can keep Him and even can, they can't keep the power of the church, and I'll tell you what, you know what, a lot of the things that we face, a lot of the fear, a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the depression, maybe they're tools that hell uses, but they're tools that come through our flesh. And maybe it's not a demon that's messing with you and causing you not to sleep. Maybe it's your own imagination and, and what we're feeding ourselves. But you know what, I'll tell you this. That, that, that Jesus' power, that His resurrection power is victory over that also. Romans 8.11 says this, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit that dwells in you. His victory over those things extends to us, not just in our spiritual realms, but in our flesh realm as well. That we can, even on this earth, live victorious. 
Easter is. Easter is. Easter is grace. Easter is hope. And Easter is victory. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We invite you to be part of our online community by subscribing to this podcast. Also, follow us on social media at The Ridge Assembly PH on Facebook and Instagram. If you live in the central Arkansas area, we certainly invite you to be part of our live community. You can join us Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at the Old Park Hill Elementary Building. That's at 3801 JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.